Was an Australian school shut down because wolves began to roam the hallways? And then we meet a 15-year-old boy and his family who move into their new home. Little does he realize that this home will drive him mad. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. we got a bunch of stuff to cover. So first off, walking into Dead Rabbit Command is one of our legacy Patreon supporters. Everyone, get on your feet and give it up for Sergio. Woohoo! Yeah! Come on in, Sergio! Walk on in, buddy. Walk on into Dead Rabbit Command. Sergio, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. I really do. I really mean that. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Now, Sergio, I'm going to throw a big arm around you. It's not my arm. It's an arm I found in the hallway. And I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirgible. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. Let's fly all the way out to Australia, mate. A nice leisurely journey all the way across the world to Australia. Specifically, we're headed to Melbourne, Australia. And this story takes place around 2018. The person who posted this story online, they didn't give their real name. We're going to call him Tony. But Tony said, I'm pretty sure that's the year. When I remember it, pretty sure it's 2018. He goes, it's possible that, you know, it's 2017. But I'm pretty sure it's 2018. Tony says, I'm pretty sure that was the year. You know, things have kind of blurred. <laughs> the story itself is kind of odd. But um, he goes, I'm pretty sure that's a year. It's possible that maybe I'm off by a year, but I don't think so. So we're going to place the story around 2018. And Tony said, this is how it all played out. One day I was at school. I'm assuming high school. He didn't specify that. But anyways, let's just assume high school. We, we don't have a ton of details about this story. But I find it very interesting, and Tony does too. This is a mystery he's been trying to solve for the past four years, five years at this point. Tony said one day I was at school, and all of a sudden the teacher said, Okay, everyone, we got to get out of this classroom. Go to this main area. So apparently their school was set up with buildings, and each building had kind of a common area in it, the way he explained this. The teacher goes, Everyone get up. Let's go to that common area. Chop, chop, let's go, let's go, let's go. And everyone's like, what, what? And Tony's like, huh? But they do it, right? Because you're a student and the teacher's telling you to do something. I'm sure there's some cool kid in the back smoking a cigarette. He's like, ah, whatever, teach. I'm going to do my own thing. But the reason why people weren't really rebelling is because this seemed like an active shooter drill. But not, forget the drill part. Forget the part where it's fake, where it's a practice run. Tony goes, generally, when a drill was going to happen, an announcement came over the loudspeaker. And it was just so it doesn't freak everyone out. They said, we're going to have an active shooter drill. Today. You always have to have that last word. And the people are like, ah, I didn't know you scheduled these things in advance. We're going to have an active shooter drill right now. What do they say? It's like ABC. 
there's there's an acronym. It's like stop, hide, uh, defend yourself or something. <laughs> I might want to be up on this. The amount of active shootings in the world these days. I don't want to be sitting there going, what was the last one? What was the last one? As I'm getting riddled with bullets at Safeway. Anyways, normally they announce that there's a drill going on. So they're like, let's <laughs> kind of sit around. They're like, what's the acronym again? They, uh, they, that's normally what happens. So when the teacher all of a sudden is like, everyone get up, we're going to this common area. People are a little concerned by this. And then they all get into this common area. And Tony notices there's other classrooms from their building also showing up in this common area. And if that's not alarming enough, right, because at this point you think that it's a real shooting going on, all of a sudden the teachers say, okay, everyone start closing the blinds so no one can see into this room and lock the doors. Those are good things to do, right? And again, at this point you'd be thinking, it's a drill. Maybe they just forgot to announce it. Well, when the teachers then instruct the students to move the lockers, to move the lockers to block the doors from opening up into this common area, people are getting a little concerned. People are getting a little concerned. This was definitely not something they practiced during any drill. Okay, everyone, let's re let's redecorate the entire school. But it's just a drill. No, they were now moving lockers to barricade the doors. No announcement, remember. Just all of a sudden in the middle of class, your teacher says, everyone go in this room and let's barricade ourselves into it. Now, the teachers were telling the students, don't worry, it's just a drill. It's just they're sweating profusely. It's just a drill, kids. Don't worry about it. Even though this is none of the protocol that we've ever had for any drill ever, this is just the drill. And so the students are starting to get a little relaxed, probably except for the ones that are carting lockers around and setting them down. Hey, boss, where do you want me to put this one? I'm assuming that's where the football team came in clutch, picking up all those lockers. The teacher said it's just the drill. Students are starting to relax a bit. but. Kids, they're relaxed. They start kind of talking at conversational level. Some girls laughing at some joke and the guys over there are uh, having a tickle contest or whatever. And the teachers go, shh. It's just a drill. But no, nobody can know we're in here. Shh. The kids are getting nervous again. Because this is not part of the drill procedure. They're getting shushed. So now they're thinking, okay, this isn't a drill. The teachers were just lying to us. Something real bad's going on. Something, something so bad is going on in our high school that simply talking at a conversational level may bring that bad thing here. In the absence of information, information will be created. That's something... It's just part of the human condition. So this murmur, this, this very quiet murmur begins to go through the crowd of kids. Tony doesn't know how the story originated. He has no idea where this came from, but apparently the kids started saying that there was a wolf in the school. Now, I'm not from Australia. Tony obviously is, and he goes... There's no wolves around here. It's none. 
We're an hour from the closest zoo. So it couldn't be... Which actually, listen, man, if you're going to have to do an active shooter drill in your school, and it, you hope it's never an active shooter, obviously, but if you ever have to go through this routine, that would be kind of dope if it was just a bunch of animals rampaging through your school. A bunch of zoo animals, the chimpanzees are taking over the cafeteria, an elephant has demolished the gymnasium. I'd be down with that. That'd be kind of cool. He goes, it's not... From a, it's not a wolf from the local zoo. There's no wolves around here. So how in the world could a wolf have gotten into the school? So Tony asks a teacher. He goes, hey, um, I'm hearing that there's a wolf or wolves, really. Could be more than one. But I'm hearing that there's wolves in the school. Is that true? And the teacher's like, yeah, sure. Just, just be quiet. Just be quiet. Wolves, sure, whatever. Is that what they're saying? Wolves? Okay, yeah. Just go sit down. Be quiet. Tony said the teacher was super dismissive. But again, like in the absence of information, you're not hearing what you're afraid to hear, right? You're not hearing gunshots. On the other hand, you're not hearing growls. And it's probably more likely, unfortunately, that it's a guy with a gun than it is that a wolf somehow escaped the zoo, walked... An hour was probably quicker for a wolf, right? Because they got four legs. So a half hour and then come to your school. He said that we stayed barricaded in this area until the end of school. Which maybe they only had a half hour left and it wasn't that big of a deal. Other than the unending terror in their hearts, it wasn't that big of a deal. It's possible that this was like right before lunch. And they're like, oh, I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. I could eat a wolf. He says, we stayed in that area until the end of school. And then when school was out, we moved the lockers. So we unbarricaded the place. We moved the lockers back to their original position. And their teachers are like, good luck. (laughs) Good luck trying to get home. There's wolves, maybe, out there, kids. It's, you're no longer our responsibility. Head home. The day is over. But you have to imagine... (laughs) That'd be a very nervous walk home, right? You're like, hey, wait a second. As they're pushing you out of the school. Wait, wait, didn't you say there were wolves in here? Or uh, now they're out there. If they're not in the school anymore, now they're just prowling the neighborhood. Anyways, they are all sent home. Now, this story makes so little sense that even Tony was like, that must have been a dream. It must have been a dream. It just doesn't make any sense. It was... There was no announcement at all. All of a sudden, the teacher just somehow knew to put us all in this common area. It wasn't like there was an announcement. And then wolves? Like, that's so weird. There's no wolves around here. Maybe Montana might have a problem with wolves in their school. But, you know, that's the team. They're the timber wolves. So he, you know, as time went on, he just kind of chalked it up to a weird dream. Nobody talked about it at school, apparently, or maybe they did. And Tony's not cool enough to be in the in crowd. He had no friends. He's like, oh, that was the closest I was to the rest of the students when we were all crammed into that room waiting to die. Tony doesn't really reveal if they talked about it the next day. I mean, how couldn't they? But anyways, he goes, I, it doesn't make sense, right? None of this story makes sense. I must have been dreaming it. And he kind of chalked it up. To just a super realistic dream. Well, years later, he was hanging out with a friend of his. And they're talking, talking about the good old times. And his friend goes, hey, you know, speaking, speaking of the good old times, 
Wasn't that weird that one day we all got put in that common area? Because those wolves showed up and they were like walking around the school. And Tony's like, okay, really? I thought, I thought that was just my dream. I didn't know that was real. I don't know if he actually said that out loud. And then the friend's like, am I just a dream as well? Are we all nothing but a dream? Um, he goes, when my friend brought it up, I was like, oh, okay. So it was real. I didn't just imagine it. It wasn't just a dream. We did get locked in that room. And he said, as he's come back in the, again, after his friend talked about it, as he has come back to visit home when he's in the Melbourne area, one day he ran into a few teachers. It must have been a school function because who else wants to hang out with teachers? He talked to a couple of teachers and he was like, hey, yeah, remember me, Tony? I was that guy who didn't have any friends and I didn't talk to anyone uh, that much. Um, what was up with that whole thing? Remember when you guys made us all go into that big area and we moved the lockers in front of the doors because the wolves showed up? That can't be true, right? And he said he talked to a couple different teachers about this and all of them were like, that never happened. That never happened. He's like, well, yeah, I didn't think so either. I thought I was just dreaming it. But uh, one of my friends said that he remembered the wolves as well. So what was that? And the teachers would first deny it. They'd be like, it didn't happen. And then, then they would say, quit asking me. Quit asking me questions about Quit asking me questions about that time we locked you into that room for hours on end. It was nothing. Don't ask about it. And it never happened. Which has made Tony, of course, that would make any of us even more suspicious. And Tony started thinking, listen, the most logical thing is that there was some madman in there with a gun. But he goes, I tried looking up news articles to see if there was any reporting of like a crazy criminal with a gun or something happening. And there's nothing. I couldn't find anything that mentioned my school and wolves or my school and an armed intruder. Both of those would make the news. Both of those would make the news. If wolves invaded your school, especially if wolves weren't native to your country, that'd be, you know, that you'd start the news program like that. Because it's scary, and, and journalists love scaring you. News people love scaring you. But anyways, yeah, he could never find anything about this. He knows that it happened because there are two people. He re remembered it and then thought it was a dream and then someone else mentioned it. And then other people that were in the know, you know, teachers, they are like, it never happened and quit asking me about it. It's interesting because he posted this online. Tony posted this under the name Will ZY. And a couple other people brought up, this was kind of the most common theory because basically he's like, what could this have been? And this is the only... I shouldn't say the only possible one. This is the most probable one. And that is there was an estranged parent who came in to get their kid. And the reason why that makes sense is because you wouldn't reveal that. You wouldn't reveal that to the student body. You probably wouldn't reveal that to the parents as well. Because here's the thing, like, let's say if you, they're like, hey, guys, you, you have to be quiet and hide in this room because Judy's dad is an alcoholic nutcase and he's coming to take Judy no matter what. Now you've just revealed all of Judy's dirty laundry. Everyone's going to be talking about how Judy has a dad who can't stop drinking and is a nutcase. They actually use that term. He's a nutcase, kids. You know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't want to gossip like that. So it's possible. But here's the thing with that. The school may 
have not revealed that information to the students. They may have had a a dangerous individual in the sense that they were dangerous to the people they were looking for and anyone trying to stop them. So, walking around looking for his daughter and you happen to be the custodian. You're listening to your headphones. You don't hear a guy walking around and he's like, going, Judy, Judy, it's your pa. Come on out. Apparently, apparently I'm a hillbilly. I have a hillbilly voice, and he doesn't, the, the custodian doesn't hear that, and then he bumps into Judy's dad, and Judy's dad strangles him. Sorry, Judy, sorry to, <laughs> sorry to out your nutcase homicidal dad. But then, I mean, I guess if, uh, I guess he wasn't any match for the wolves as well. He's walking around with his headphones on. The point is, is like, you would not reveal that to the kids, but you would have to reveal that to the other parents. Like, those kids would go home and, and parents would go, how was school today? And they're like, oh, it was absolutely terrifying. A bunch of wolves showed up and we were locked in a common area. Obviously, the your, the parents are going to call the... Parents are going to call the school. They're not going to be like, oh, that's interesting. Well, at work, we were beset upon by a flock of peacocks. No, the parents are going to be like, uh, wait, what'd you say? And then they're going to call the school and be like, why is my son telling me that he got locked in a room because wolves were after him? And the school can't just be like, oh, don't talk. I don't want to talk about it and quit asking questions. The parents are going to be like, no, tell us. And the school would say, well, we had a situation with a, a girl's father walking around. The custodian was strangled to death, but don't worry, everyone else was safe. That's who Tony should ask, honestly. That's what I would do if I was Tony. I would ask my parents and be like, hey, remember that time when I told you, when I came home directly from school and told you I was locked in a room because of wolves? What was that? Do you you guys remember that? And here's the creepy part. Imagine if his parents go, no, we don't remember that. And he's like, no, I'm pretty sure I told you. And they go, shh. Quit asking questions. It never happened. That would be absolutely terrifying. That's going to be the official ending to my Goosebumps novel, Wolves in the School, question mark, by J.C. Stein. Don't steal it. Don't, don't steal that mediocre idea. Sergio, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the carpenter copter. We are leaving behind Melbourne, Australia. Fly us all the way out to a house in the suburbs. The year is 2015. And a family is hopping out of a car in front of a house. Maybe it's beautiful. They did not describe they didn't describe it, but imagine it. It's a nice looking house. It's not a rundown beater. There's no wolves anywhere nearby. It's a nice house. And this young woman, we're gonna call her Amanda, is <sighs> breathing a sigh after a long trip, going, finally, we're home. She didn't say that. <laughs> she didn't say it was a long trip. She didn't say she sighed heavily either. But, you know, creative license. She gets out of the car and she's like, ah, yes, home. The place that I've wondered about for so long. She goes on this 10-minute monologue in deep description of the home. Amanda's just moving into this home with her family. She has a mom and a dad. And then a Amanda's not her real name. She goes online by the name Kindly Dirt five seven five two. We're gonna call her Amanda. She has a brother. She doesn't name him. We're gonna call him Brian. Her fifteen year old brother Brian gets out of the car as well, and he takes in a deep breath of fresh air. 
yes. Oxygen. Oh, my favorite. My favorite treat in the morning. A little bit of oxygen straight into the lungs. They're moving into this house. And Amanda says previously, so they're moving in in 2015. Previously, this house was owned by a pastor and his family. So, you know, you figure it's probably pretty nice kept up place, right? Men of the cloth are not known to have cockroach infestations or leave feces in holes in the wall. You know, upstanding guy, generally speaking. And so they walk into this house and everything's going to be okay. And she said, Brian was a good guy, really good student, just kind of, you know, like a normal dude. Nothing crazy about him at all. And no history of mental illness. Amanda says they've lived there for eight years in this home. And each year, Brian got a little more mentally ill. Now, you may not notice it the first year, right? When Brian comes home from school and they're like, he's all hallucinating wolves. He's like, I'm being attacked by wolves. Lock the school down, lock the school down. And they're like, what? He's not that mentally ill right off the bat. He's actually really not that mentally ill by the end. But anyways, so at first, he was just a little mentally ill. And you would think, oh, you know, growing pains. (laughs) Growing pains. All teenage boys go through that thing where they think they're being attacked by bats in the bathroom. I really shouldn't be laughing at this. For eight, let me just keep making jokes. Let's just skip ahead of it. Each year, for eight years, he got worse and worse and worse. I'm not going to go into detail. because He started to, this is what he was actually doing. He wasn't having full-on hallucinations. But anyways, first, he would just stay in his room all the time, which was out of character for Brian. I stay isolated from people for long periods of time. I like to be alone. But it was out of character for Brian. And he also liked to sit in the dark with no lights on. Which is also out of character for Brian and really most people. And before you go, why well, I like sitting in the dark, um, I like to just watch movies. He wasn't watching movies. He wasn't playing his Switch. He wasn't on his laptop. He would sit in a pitch black room for hours on end. I wouldn't, that doesn't necessarily make you mentally ill. But if it's not what you normally do, it is weird. I mean, if that's something you're like, I live sitting in the, I live sitting in the pitch dark. Refreshes my eyeballs. It's called sleep. <laughs> do it eight hours a day. Am I mentally ill? You're all like going on a WebMD to check your symptoms. No, you're fine. But again, if it's out of character for you, that's when you start to look at some sort of mental illness, he got rid of his phone and his television sets. He's like, get these out of here. I'm just going to sit in the dark. And he sits in the dark. Again, I don't have a television. No more. It's actually right here on the floor. I'm touching it with my foot. I I just keep it here just in case I want to watch something. And I never do. So it's just sitting on my floor in the middle of the living room. You're like, Jason, I think you can easily be classified as mentally insane. For a numerous amount of reasons. Anyways, now, if all of a sudden your boy starts sitting in the dark all the time, he's a teenager, you think maybe he's going through a goth phase. He doesn't know how to do it right. (laughs) You're like, hey, Brian, you're supposed to dress in all black, not exist in all black. 
that's it's whatever someone wants to be alone in a pitch black room whatever he also then starts to hear voices and see shadows which would be kind of hard in a pitch black room i'm telling you this is not supposed to be a funny story this, i did not plan on this me laughing so much i don't know why i'm finding it so amusing but it's true it would be kind of hard to see shadow people in a pitch black room but i digress He's hearing voices, he's seeing shadow people. At this point now, you're thinking, now he's hallucinating. Like, it's not just about being in the dark. Now he has an active psychological problem. He would also have these quick changes in personality. Uh, One example that Amanda gave was that within one minute, he would switch topics. uh, Amanda said one day he was talking to mom And he was telling mom how he had sold his soul to the devil. And then within a minute, switches to talking Bible quotes. He's quoting the Bible. So it's just kind of jarring, right? Also, if you're just sitting there and your son comes downstairs and says, I sold my soul to to Lucifer. That's that, that in and of itself is pretty alarming. And he also talked about being abducted by aliens. Now, I know that all of this stuff I talk about on this show, I understand that. I've talked about all of these subjects on the show, but this was alarming. And again, I've been talking about this stuff since I was a kid. Uh, We did that recent episode about that possible spy ring in Canada and what was alarming to the family. I'll put it in the show notes, but what was alarming to the non-spies of the family was everything was totally fine for five years. This woman had married this guy. And then last Christmas, he's like, I hate Christmas and I don't want to celebrate Christmas anymore. And I'm going to make it miserable for everyone. Also, I don't work on Saturdays. That all happened like within a week. He'd been one person for five years. And all of a sudden he's like, nope, not working at all on Saturdays. And I hate Christmas. So that's alarming. If over time he'd been like, you know what? Saturdays are too nice to work on. And then a year later, he's like, man, I really miss having Saturdays. And then by year five, he's like, I'm not working on Saturdays anymore. That's fine. That's totally like a legit slow morphine. I'm not saying that you only do one thing a year. You're like, oh, man, I really wanted to start this hobby. But Jason said I have to just do a little bit each year. You want to build a model train set. You just have one wheel. You're like, oh, see you next year, model train. You know what I mean? Like, and then to hate Christmas, like people like will slowly just be like, I'm over it. I'm tired of all the consumerism. I'm just not going to do Christmas this year. My Christmas trees got smaller and smaller. (laughs) They just disappeared. They did. I used to buy a little Christmas tree and then it would just get smaller and smaller. And then like, I was like, whatever, I'm just done. Not done with Chris. You know, I love Christmas, but like, what do I need a tiny Christmas tree for? Anyways, the point is, is that He talked about all this stuff. It all really kind of came out of the blue. As opposed to, you know, someone who talks about this stuff for years. It's less insane. It's less insane if you talk about selling your soul to the devil. I've never sold my soul to the devil. I'm not saying that. But I'm talking about, like, talking about these topics. I've talked about them for years. That's far less insane than just blurting them out in the middle of the night. Well, anyways, eventually he is either forced to seek treatment or get a diagnosis or he willingly went, but he ended up getting diagnosed with schizophrenia, 
psychosis, and bipolar disorder, among others, Amanda says. That wasn't it. He got diagnosed with all of this stuff. And then he got arrested. And Amanda doesn't say what charge he was arrested on. I mean, pick your poison, right? But she said he got arrested. Generally, when people don't say why, it's the bad ones. Like, if he robbed a bank, tax evasion or something like that, stole a car, we would tell people that. We would be like, yeah, my buddy got caught robbing a bank. I think even murder, too, as long as it wasn't somebody you knew. Be like, yeah, my buddy, he's doing time for murder. It's when you go, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. It was wolf-related. <laughs> it was wolf-related. I don't want to talk about it. Hey, what happened to your buddy? I don't want to talk about it. You got arrested. That's the end of it. That's when you think the worst. Right? That's when you think, oh my god, what did this guy do? Anyways, he gets arrested, and Amanda says, listen, he was going to be gone for a while. The family decided that since he wouldn't be coming home for a while, we're going to clean his room. We're going to go in and, and get it all organized. Do you imagine it would be a huge mess? There's no lights on. There are going to be soda cans everywhere and pizza boxes crawling with cockroaches. You wouldn't know. It wouldn't really bug you because you couldn't see him. They also started leaving his door open and the light on. And it's interesting, she doesn't specifically, I don't think it's a passive-aggressive thing. I feel like it's almost, the family decided that it was like a cleansing. And she doesn't specifically say that either, but it could be subconsciously trying to cleanse the room in some way by exposing it to light. But they leave the door open, they leave the light on, they're cleaning the room. And what the family starts to realize is it is possible that Brian was not alone in that room. She says that they begin noticing scratches in the carpet. Which is interesting. I don't really know how that works. How you scratch a carpet. But I mean, I guess if you scratched it hard enough, you could. And she said they were inhuman scratches. So it's not like someone was walking around and they didn't clip their toenails for a bit. They're cleaning up his room on their hands and knees and they're scratching the carpet up. No, she said they were inhuman scratches. And they would see him on the carpet and they would uh, fix them. Maybe it was like a, a thick carpet and you could kind of tell. I don't know. Anyway, she's saying that there's inhuman scratches on the carpet. And they would, like, fix them. They're re-sewing. They're re-sewing the carpet. How do you make a carpet, actually, now that I think about it? Anyway, she says there's inhuman scratches on the carpet. They repair them. They fix it. And then a new set of scratch marks would appear. And she said as um, late as February 4th, 2023, brown stains began to appear on the walls of the room. We've talked about this a lot on this show because it's one of the most terrifying things for me. And I'm not going to talk for too long about it. But listen, I know for, I know mental illness is a real thing. I know mental illness is a real thing. And millions of people struggle with it every single day. And some people struggle with it for the rest of their lives or for their entire lives. It's, it's awful. A lot of people are able to live good lives even though they have it. But I do believe mental illnesses are real. That is, I'm not trying to imply anything 
by what I'm about to say. What I'm going to say is I do think that supernatural events can, yes, be a symptom of mental illness. There's obviously people who are mentally ill who think they are seeing things that aren't there and they aren't seeing ghosts or shadow people or aliens or anything like that. They're hallucinating. They're having delusions. Gang stalking is a perfect example of that. But I also believe that supernatural events can, I think they can, I don't want to say cause mental illness because I, I think that that's different. That's implying something different. I think they can induce mental illness. You're like, Jason, come on, that's a wiggle word. I think that if you have somebody who is either prone to being mentally ill, you know, the, the sad thing is, is that he is right in that age group. He was 15 when they moved in. It's eight years later, so he would be, you know, about 23 now. That's the age group where schizophrenia begins to show up in young men. So he's right in that danger zone for that. But I I mean, I don't think that every mentally ill person is possessed by a demon, and I don't think every case of mental illness is caused by a demon, but I do think that Dealing with these types of entities can, it can induce mental illness in people. Whether they are prone to it and this type of entity is speeding it along, or they were never going to suffer from any of these mental illnesses. Because there's no history of this in the family. There technically doesn't have to be, but it's obviously, if you're predisposed to it, the chances of you having a severe mental illness is higher. I do think you could take somebody... Controversial statement, probably, but I'm not on YouTube, so it doesn't matter. I think you can take somebody who has no history of mental illness and would not be mentally ill in the future. How do they not cross a supernatural entity? I do believe that demons and other supernatural entities can cause mental illness. And at the very least, interacting with these type of entities looks a lot like mental illness. I remember when I first started seeing shadow people, we talked about it on the show. I thought I was going crazy because I was seeing stuff that shouldn't exist. I legit thought I was losing my mind and I was so worried about it. Same thing when I started seeing ghosts. It was two separate times because they're really two separate types of entities. I thought, I'm losing my mind. Like, these things don't exist. I never saw these things until I'm 17, which was when I first started seeing ghosts and hearing ghosts. And I knew I was right in that age group for when schizophrenia starts to show up. And uh, I thought I was losing my mind. So the fact that just by interacting with these things simulates psychosis, I do believe that they can induce it as well. Do we know the what, if that's the case here? That's kind of what Amanda seemed to be getting at. Like, he was, he did get diagnosed with all those mental illnesses, but there was something else in that room that was with him. So how much of those actions were Brian individually making, shutting off the lights, cutting himself off from society, not having a phone or a television? How much of that was him? Because it's super out of character for him. And how much of it was this entity in that room? And I think it's super interesting. I was kind of being playful about it in the beginning. That a man of the cloth, a pastor and his family, wouldn't have any poop in the walls or any sort. They would treat the house nice and things like that. And 
That may be true. But remember, pastors, men of the cloth of any religion, they're on the front lines of the war against darkness. They are the ones that if a spirit, if a demon can corrupt the person at the pulpit, they can corrupt an entire congregation. So while the house may look nice because the pastor and his family have to keep up appearances, there could have been extremely dark forces in that house living along with them. Maybe they even invited it in with them. But when they left, that spirit, that creature, that demon stayed behind, knowing it would have a fresh victim to feed off of. Brian was a young man with a bright future ahead of him. And hopefully, he will be able to regain that future and take control of his life. The question is, will he regain reality through medical professionals and medication, therapy and treatment? Or will all those things fail because a dark entity has attached itself to his soul? Doesn't show up on an x-ray. Doesn't show up in a blood test. But it's there. It's possible that Brian not only needs to heal his mind, but also needs to save his own soul. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.